It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Can, can we can we can we do that if you know he's worthy can you lift your hands and worship to him without wrath and doubting can you just give him the praise that is due his name Jesus you're worthy there's no other name whereby men can be saved other than yours every knee bows and every tongue confesses that you are Lord Jesus your name still has power and we thank you so much that you're not afar off that you're not some God that we can't reach but that you are Emmanuel you are God with us you're a God in us God through us God we lift up somebody who is listening now who is in what many call dark night of the soul you know where he is, you know where she is, and God, I thank you that no darkness is greater than your light. Would you penetrate into those spaces, God, where they need you? Someone is listening who has never trusted you as Savior and as Lord. Father, we pray that something would be experienced today in these moments while they're watching that would draw them closer to you. And Father, we are just so grateful for the privilege that you've given us to collectively come together and declare that you are Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise in the name above all others in Jesus name. And all that agree with that said amen and amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Oh come on, I didn't say clap for me. Can we give Jesus a mighty praise for a mighty God? Amen, amen, amen so grateful if you're visiting with us we are always grateful for those of you that are not members of faith citadel church but you're visiting with us in person and online uh, we are always grateful for you and our prayer is really most importantly that you get closer to god uh, that is the desire in our hearts that if you are far from god that something that you hear something that you experience would draw you closer to him i uh, just want to take a moment to say what a blessing katrina uh, has been in leading the initiative in prayer amen for those that have not been following online on Tuesdays I mean literally they have prayed for every school they prayed by name for administration and principals and faculty uh, and I believe you all that a, a community of faith that prays uh, we're able to see some great things happen some things only come by prayer and fasting and so we're grateful and again I want to reiterate uh, on the 15th uh, it is the Detroit Free Press Marathon and they're running right past the church and uh, the church will be open we will be here and for those that want to come and worship with us for a few moments as we uh, gather for a few moments we're gonna be outside uh, and we're going to be 
cheering on and praying for the people that are coming past our church. Amen. Thousands of them. We're going to be praying for their salvation. Uh, last time we uh, were here and praying, uh, one of the runners said, I've been running in the marathon for over a decade and I've never wanted to quit except this year. And the moment that I wanted to quit, your church was there and praying for me and I finished the race and so y'all I'm just grateful that we can be a witness amen so for those of you that are able to come and, and, and able to be here we encourage you to be here a little bit earlier than our church service time I believe they're starting at about 9 30 or so but but whatever time you get here it will work uh, and you know at Citadel that we uh, honor your time so as part of the worship service if you're not able to attend in person because of traffic and all of that uh, that's not a Sunday off. It ain't like, oh, well, you know, they got the, the people running today, so I guess I just won't go to church today. No, 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 no. You are the church, and the church is not a building. And so as you're at home, we're encouraging you to go out of your house and to go on your street corner, go in front of your house, and pray for your zip code. Even if you're not in Detroit, there's some of you all that are in the suburbs, and you're in Livonia, and you're in Belleville, these other places. Listen, I believe you all, we need prayer now more than we've ever needed it. People are killing each other, people are running people over, people are acting crazy, and we need the power of God. So I encourage those of you who have a mouth and who are able to talk to God, just literally go outside and say, you know what, me and my family are going to gather for a few moments, and we're going to spend some time in prayer. And again, thank you so much for Katrina leading in that. Can we just give her uh, uh, God bless you again I want to say thank you to all of the leaders and all of the volunteers who have been working tirelessly behind the scenes in preparation for our 20th uh, anniversary you all have no idea how much work how much prayer how much planning has been going into both the gala which is going to be taking place next Saturday from 1 to 3 but then for the worship services as well uh, on next Sunday and so we're so grateful for those of you that also have been part of the double good popcorn uh, initiative and others of you that are giving uh, we've gotten so many great messages from the Couchmans, uh, part of the Willow Creek Association in South Africa. They've sent their well wishes to Pastor Jonas in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Pastor Wander in Rio de Janeiro. They have sent their blessings to us. So all over the world, all over the nation here in Metro Detroit, people are grateful and excited about the fact that we have experienced 20 years of ministry. Can we just give God praise for that? That's a blessing. Amen. Now, you all know, last announcement, I, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do it. Uh, if you are a member or have ever been a member, if you are listening right now and you've ever been impacted uh, by this ministry in any way, I'm asking you next Sunday to be in church. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking you, Pat, what can, Pastor, how can we say thank you? all the things you've done the prayers you've prayed you've helped my family do this what what can we do listen i don't need a pastor's chair uh with a money satch you see you know the money tree 
Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all ain't from them, back, them church background. And y'all ever seen the church anniversary where the pastor's sitting and the pastor's wife sitting and they got the money tree and they got the grapes and stuff? I don't, I don't need all that. What I want is the people of God who have been changed, transformed, their life has been made better because we exist to be in the house. That's all I'm asking you to do is just show up in the room. And you can't say, ah, well, I can't come at 11 because I go to another church now where you can come at 3. That's what we did the 3 o'clock. Amen. So if you have been blessed, impacted in any way, I'm asking that everybody call people that you know. You know people that have been a member of the church. You know people that are still members of the church. And I'm asking that any and everybody that has been impacted by Faith Citadel Church to be in church on next Sunday at either the 11 o'clock or the 3 o'clock service. Amen. And let's just see how we can celebrate God's goodness. Amen. Yeah, that's it. As we get ready to go to the Word today, uh, the Lord has just been impressing in my spirit that after 20 years, there should be some things you learn. Uh, anytime you have uh, done something so long, there should be some life lessons that have come along the way. And I'm so grateful, you all, that the last time I shared with you all uh, one of the life lessons that God has taught me as pastor of this amazing church is that uh, faith still works. Uh, that faith uh, still has the power to do uh, what nothing else can do. As a matter of fact, God says if you have faith the size of a little mustard seed, you can say to mountains, be gone and they can be removed. And so that is one of the lessons that I learned. But I want to share with you all from a text today that will give you all uh, the next lesson that God has taught me. Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 14. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 14, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. You may have a different version. It looks so good to see y'all looking down at your, your device or your phone or your Bible. That's a good look. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 14. It says, when he went ashore and saw a great throng of people, he had compassion, pity, deep sympathy for them and cured their sick. When evening came, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote and barren place, and the day is now over. Send the throngs away into the villages to buy food for themselves. Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to recline on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and blessed and broke the loaves and handed the pieces to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 small baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, not including women and children. Uh, I want to share and talk from the subject today, you all. Uh, provision follows ministry. Would you turn to your neighbor next to you and just say, hey, neighbor, did you know that provision follows ministry 
Amen. You all, we're living in a time that is so uncertain. We're living in a time where we're noticing strike after strike. Uh, uh, many of you know that the United Auto Workers have gone on strike here in uh, not only Detroit, but now around the nation, uh, praying and hoping for better wages and more equitable uh, and fair uh, treatment. But not only that, you all just heard the other day that people that work at the casino, some of y'all know about the casino, uh, they, that they also are considering to go on strike for fair raises. You also know that the, the writers and the Actors Guild have done the same thing. Inflation prices are skyrocketing. Gas prices are sometimes fluctuating and through the roof. We seem like you all, they, our, our money is getting less and the bills are getting more. And so you all, I wonder today uh, how many people find themselves under the stress of finances. I wonder how many people find themselves up against the wall when it comes to your fiscal life. I want you to know that God knows that. God sees that and he cares about every aspect of your life. But what I'm also grateful for is that God's word also gives us principles whereby you and I can live, listen now, and not be subject to this world and to this world system for our provision. If you, if you have to wait on your job to be your provision, you are then indebted to your employer. If your uh, resources are from your boo, some of y'all have a boo that meets your resources, uh, then that means you are beholden to whoever your boo is to make sure that your needs are met. Well, I've come to know that employers are fickle. I come to know that booze can walk out on you. And I come to also know that when we choose to put our trust in something greater than man and something greater than what man can do, we'll begin to see supernatural things occur. Now, you all, this is not a message for you to give or a message about giving. This is a principle that I have learned in 20 years, and I have seen God over and over do. And I want to share this with you all because my prayer is that if you get this principle, that maybe you can begin to see provision in your life. You all, as pastor of this church, I have seen this church uh, at some of its most amazing heights. Uh, as we have seen uh, move from different places, we were in certain uh, sanctuaries that were full to the brim. We've had multiple services, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people coming to Christ, hundreds and hundreds of people being baptized. We've seen the fruit of ministry. But one thing I've noticed, you all, is that every, listen, every time we were doing something that was blessing God and blessing and furthering the kingdom of God, God made sure that needs were met. When a person chooses to align her life, align his life with the purposes of God, the plans of God, the things of God, then God ensures that he's going to resource you to get it done. God is not obligated to fund your mess. God is not obligated to fund your uh, dream, your idea, when it's not of and from him. But when something is of and from God, when something uh, has God behind it, you can rest assured that with every vision comes provision. 
with everything that God institutes, that God directs, that God leads, God will always provide. I'm wondering, has there anybody here ever stepped out on faith and heard God tell you something that didn't make sense to you and didn't make sense to any of your family members or anybody else in your orbit? But as you stepped out and did what God called you to do or what God led you to do, there was provision with what God led you to do. How many of y'all have ever been in that situation? Well, listen, you all, it's important to know that when we choose, listen, to operate on a higher level than just this earth realm, you now open yourselves to the access to the kingdom of God and the resources of God. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. There is nothing in the world that God does not own. And the question is this. If we're not seeing and experiencing on a regular basis the provision of God, the blessing of God, we need to ask a question. What, 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 what's happening in my life? What am I doing? What am I missing? What am I not doing that, that is preventing the flow of God as it relates to meeting my needs? Now listen, God promised that he will always meet your need according to his riches and glory through in Christ Jesus. He didn't say he would meet your want, but he said he'd meet your need. Some of y'all are praying prayers uh, saying, God, I need to escalate. And God is saying, oh, no, they don't need to escalate. They need uh, a bus pass. Sometimes you all, we will tell God what we think we need, and he will then hear it and interpret it as to what you really need. And he said, I am a God who makes a promise to you. I will always make sure that your needs are met. I want to just pause for a minute because some of us have an attitude of ingratitude. Some of us are not grateful for the fact that you don't deserve to eat, but God has allowed you to have food in your refrigerator and you're not hungry right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You may not be in a, in a five-bedroom house. You might not be living in the, in the, in the place you want to live, but you're not outside living in a tent somewhere are you hearing what I'm saying to you is there anybody here that would testify that God has been good to me and he has been meeting my needs I just need about three people who are not too funny acting to say you know had it not been for God I wouldn't have this house had it not been for God I would not have this car had it not been for God I would be waiting in a food pantry had it not been for God I would have food but not be able to eat is there anybody grateful that God has met your need and you are grateful that he's a God meeting <laughs> yeah so you all to realize that provision does not always come from the natural we need to understand that there are two realms two kingdoms whereby you and I operate we're born in the natural that that is born of the flesh is flesh when you and I were born we were born into the flesh we're born into this natural world, all right? So therefore, we're subject to the things in the natural world. We're subject to the laws of what? Gravity. We're subject to the laws of this earth because we're 
born into it. But the Bible says that's not the only birth that you and I have. If you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, you are not just born of the flesh, but the Bible says you are also born of the spirit. That means when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus, I trust you. I I accept you as my Savior. You did not just say some words. You did not just join a church. You got born again. That means you got, listen, as you were born in the natural to your mama and daddy, you got born again in the spirit to your spiritual father. And when you got born again, you entered into another kingdom. You entered into a supernatural kingdom. You entered into a kingdom of the unseen. And so not only are you a human being operating in the earth realm as a person born in the flesh, but you also are a spirit being born by the spirit operating in the kingdom of God and the Bible says that the kingdom of God is the unseen the kingdom of God is a realm that cannot be touched it cannot be handled it cannot be tasted it cannot be heard it is not regulated to the five senses and when you and I are born into that kingdom you have the capacity to operate listen not only only as an earth dweller, not only as a human being, but you have the ability to operate as a spirit being. You have the ability to operate at a level whereby people who are not born again cannot operate. Some of y'all don't hear me now. That means that when other folk are going crazy because their job fired them, you are shouting and giving God praise. And they're wondering, well, wait a minute, why would you be giving God praise when you lost your job? Because you remind them, oh, I'm sorry, you must have thought I thought that the job was my source the job was never my source the job was just one of many tools that God chose to use to bless me and if he closes one door he will open another door is there anybody hearing me right now you are not regulated to what your bank account says you are not regulated to what your boss says and thinks about you you're not regulated to what you even think about you you are born of the spirit of God and the provision of God is for you if God be for you who can be against you oh I feel like preaching today so you've been born into a kingdom that enables you and I to operate in a level that is not regulated by the natural but by the supernatural and the supernatural you all does not show up with goosebumps on Sunday I used to think that that was the, the, pretty much the end of the Holy Spirit. The lady with the wig that came off at my mama's church. Every time they got on the Hammond B3 organ, dum, 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 her wig would go one way and I'd go running the other way. And I say, Mama, what, what happened? Mama said, Baby, she just caught the Holy Ghost. I'm like, Well, I hope she give it back because she lost her wig. I thought that the Holy Spirit was about emotions and goosebumps and people jumping and shouting and yes there's a place for that but the Holy Spirit is not just there for good feelings 
The Holy Spirit is in you to remind you that you are a part of another kingdom and that greater is God in you than the enemy that is in the world around you. And if you don't realize who you are and what you have and who you belong to, listen, you will always be regulated by other people who think that they own you. You don't own me. You, You will always think that you are under the control of somebody else. But in the name of Jesus, you are a child of God. And listen, y'all, I I got a daughter and I got a grandbaby. (laughs) And I'm telling you what I know. No matter how sideways my daughter acted as a teenager. How many of y'all know your kids act sideways? No matter how much she made me a little bit beside myself, that's my baby. And it ain't nothing in the world I wouldn't have done and will not do for my baby. Are you hearing me? How many of y'all know you feel that way about your little joker? Listen, even though that joker might not call you, might not do whatever, that's still your joker. That's still my baby and I do. If you who are evil make sure that your baby is taken care of, how much more will the Heavenly Father make sure that you are taken care of? Don't let the devil tell you that God is not for you. So in the text, we see Jesus, uh, and he is now uh, doing what he does. He says when he gets offshore, uh, there's a whole bunch of people. And he had compassion on them and cured their sick. You all, I'm, I'm so grateful that when there's people, I'm glad that Jesus isn't irritated by people. It amazes me how many preachers and pastors are irritated by people. I cannot tell you in the 20 years of me pastoring how many people I've had around me trying to protect me from the people. Pastor, you've been here all day. These people talking your ear off. These people, are, they always, they always coming up to you for prayer. They pray every week. They always bothering you. I'm like, it ain't bothering me. What it is, you ready to go home and I'm not ready to go home. That's really, let's just call it what it is. I'm not tired yet, but the fact that you, listen, y'all, Jesus, when he met people, was not irritated by people, but wanted to bless people. And one of the joys of my pastorate and one of the joys of pastoring for me are the people. The Bible says he saw these people, he had compassion on them and cured their sick. When the evening came, The disciples came to him and said, and they did this a lot, uh, this is a remote and barren place. The day is now over with. Send all these folk to their villages to buy food for themselves. Jesus had been working all day and healing all the people. And now the evening is coming and the disciples are concerned because they know that people are about to get hangry. And he said, they said, listen, Jesus, you know, they've been here all day and there's no food. This is a barren place that we're in. There's no place for them to even find food off the, off the vine. Listen, uh, send them into the villages. Send them somewhere so they can go and take care of themselves and buy food for themselves. Look at what Jesus says. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. How many times has God told you to give something to somebody that you don't think you have anything to give to them. Jesus says, don't send them away, but I want you all to make sure that their needs are met. Now you all, it'd be different if we were talking about seven or eight people. 
It'd be different if Jesus was turning to the disciples and saying, you know what? Don't send them away. Don't let them go get their own food. You all take care of them. Uh, get those 20 people and get them over here. We're talking about 5,000 men, not including women and children. Jesus asks the disciples, I want you all to make sure that they are fed. <laughs> Listen, y'all, you can always know, and this is what I've learned in 20 years, when God gives a vision that is bigger than my capacity to execute it, the oneness on its execution is not on me, it's on the one that gave me the vision. When God leads, when God guides, when God uh, inspires you to do something, you are not the one that is fully responsible for executing what God has led. And for many of us, you all, we're missing miracles because we don't listen to God. And if we do listen to him and he leads us, we're too afraid to act on what he's saying. And when we're afraid to act on what he's saying, we never see the miracle of provision. Mm, mm, mm. Some of us are not seeing the supernatural manifestation of provision because we're not doing anything that would require God to fund it. Here it is. You got a car. You don't even drive to church, but you want to believe God for a bigger one. You got a house, you don't invite nobody over for dinner. You don't invite nobody uh, to be a part of your home and to bring them in. And it's just you. And now you want to believe God for increase. Increase for what? Watch this. Some of us are sick in our bodies. And with your sick body, you don't worship. And with your sick body, you don't pray. And with your sick body, you don't tell anybody about the goodness of God. But now you want God to heal you so that you can do more of not telling people about him. God, heal me so I can do less for you. Provide for me so that I can have more things that I will not glorify you with. Could it be that God is looking at the measure of what we're doing with what we've got to determine whether or not he will give us more or less? The Bible says that Jesus... Uh, said to the disciples, I need you all to feed them. I don't know about you, but I can imagine these disciples looking and saying, man, um, <laughs> how in the world are we going to do this? What do we have to give them? Verse 17, they said to him, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. Notice what they said. <clears throat> these five loaves and two fish ain't nothing. We ain't got nothing but five loaves and two fish. And what is five loaves and two fish in the presence of 5,000 plus people? I don't have what it takes to do what you said. Mm. I don't have the capacity, Jesus, to do what you just asked me to do. Can I tell y'all something? If Jesus says to do something, don't you think he going to make sure you got what it takes to do what he said to do? But these disciples said, Jesus, I know what you said uh, for us to feed them. But maybe in your omniscience, your omniscience is a little off. 
maybe you don't know as much as you think you know because if you knew what we had listen if you knew what we're bringing to the table you would not be asking me to do it if you knew that I don't feel like I'm good enough if you knew that I don't feel like I'm sufficient enough if you knew that I don't feel like I know enough if you knew that I don't feel like I have enough you would not be calling on me to give something to somebody else that I don't even think I have myself but God knew something about the situation that they did not know about the situation. And let me say this to you. If God, listen, if God is calling you to something, you better believe that the call of God is accompanied with the provision of God. You better hear what I'm saying to you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you all are being called by God and are afraid to respond to the call because you're responding like the disciples I don't have anything all I got is five loaves and two fish and what is that in the midst of 5,000 all I got is this uh, half a degree all I got is this lack of biblical knowledge all I got is the struggle that I'm still in all I got is a testimony that's not really that nice all I got is the incapacity to stand in front of people I don't get what it takes but God says I don't care what you think you have when I call you I'm also going to equip you and give you what you need in 20 years I learned one thing God did not send me to Detroit and not make sure that Faith Citadel would not be what he said it would be I don't care if it's a pandemic I don't care if the building is having some problems I don't care if folk come I don't care if folk go this is not my idea I was in college minding my own business and God says get up and go to Detroit, Michigan. Did you say Dubai? Did you say Denver? No, I want you to go to Detroit before the Lions started winning. I want you to go to Detroit before there was an LCA arena. I want you to go to Detroit when the street lights were still out. I want you to go to Detroit when folk were not coming. I want you to go when ain't nothing there so that when you get there, you can see what I'm about to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I got faith that when God calls you, he will provide. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever seen God provide for you? Well, the Bible says that he said, look, I know you don't think you got a lot, but I don't need a lot. I'm almost done. He says, bring them to me. <laughs> bring your little to me. <laughs> I know it don't seem like much, but little becomes much in the hands of the master just bring your little to me uh, but God, I, I don't know nothing about Detroit because, you know, Detroit got tribes. The east side and the west side. Uh, where you from? Where, where you from? Uh, are you from the east or from the west? I'm like, well, Chicago is east. I, I, I don't know what side I'm from. Where, where do you fit? Uh, uh, what kind of church are you? Are you, are you a Baptist church? Uh, sometimes I see you speaking in tongues. Are you, are you Pentecostal? Are you, are you Pentabaptist? I see sometimes white people and Asian people and Latino people are in your church. What kind of church is that that will have different ethnicities? And, and I see that you're intergenerational. There are young people and old people together. What, how can we categorize your church? Uh, all it is is just a little in the hand of a God that has much 
And when little connects with the God who has much, miracles begin to happen. Are you hearing me? When little connects to a lot, miracles start. He says, bring it to me. I don't know who I'm talking to, but Jesus is saying, I need you to bring your little to me. Bring your not enough to me. Bring your insufficiency to me. Bring your I don't think I can do it to me. He says, bring them here to me. Then he told the crowds, y'all sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. You all, one of the keys to provision following ministry is being able to genuinely give God thanks. You know what? There are some people who, who are waiting for the next thing to start thanking God. When God does this next thing, I'll give him the praise. When God answers this next prayer, I'll give him the glory. But there's some people who don't wait for the next thing. There's some people that look back over their life and look back over their yesterday and realize how much God has done and they give him the thanks and the praise. I know some of y'all think I'm loud just to be loud. I'm not loud just to be loud, but I remember a time you all, I was unable to walk. I was in hospice and they said, you're going to die. As a matter of fact, your bones have so deteriorated that if you get better, you will be incapable of moving. Not only will you not be able to move, but your vocal cords have been compromised and you will not be able to speak, nor will you be able to preach. Well, I'm not worried on Sunday about what you think about how I look. I'm not worried on Sundays about how you think how much noise I make. But when I think about Jesus and all that he's done for me, I cannot help but say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Is there anybody in this room? Is there anybody online that will look back over your life and realize that that car accident was God? God got me up out of that thing. Is there anybody that lost your job but you never? Mr. Meal. It was God that did that. Anybody raise your kids by yourself, but look at them. They graduated and they've gone on to college and they become good citizens. Nobody but the goodness of God. I dare you to give him thanks. I dare you to take the little bit that you've been given and say, God, thank you for the little bit that I have. Is there anybody grateful for the goodness of God? Then open up your mouth and give him a thanksgiving praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. I wonder if any thankful people. He gave thanks, and he blessed it. Watch this now. He blessed it, but then he broke it. Mm. Sometimes a life of generosity will involve thanks. It'll involve blessing. But it'll also involve being broken. We want the thanks. We want the blessing. We don't want the breaking. Jesus took these simple items. Thank God for them. Blessed them. Broke them. Listen. Because if things stay in their original composition, they cannot be shared. Only broken things can be divvied up. 
based on the level of your brokenness will determine the level of your reach. Some of y'all think that the brokenness is because God hates you. It's not because God hates you. But he's getting ready to bless some other people through you. And the breaking and the brokenness is not because he's against you, but he's getting ready to use you. Oh, my God. I love the fact that I've seen this church go through some amazing blessings. One time I opened up the mail, there was a check for $25,000 from a stranger. And it happened at a moment that we needed it. As pastor, you've never heard me get up and say, well, y'all, I need to have an offering because we need to raise uh, $832.22. Somebody going to sit here at the table. We're going to count the money. How many of y'all been in that church? That's not how needs get met. It's sitting around and begging folk and making folk feel guilty. What meets the need is when you position yourself in such a way that God says, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that this pastor is asking people to leave their house and pray on their porch? You mean to tell me that this church is attempting to go out on grass at the men, we're getting ready to do this, to go on grass at and to catch men on grass and win them to Jesus? You mean to tell me that this church goes to strip clubs and prays for women in the adult industry and helps them to know God? You mean to tell me that that church is doing that? We got to make sure that that church's needs are met. God meets the need of people that are doing his work. In the seasons where we were meeting the needs of people, God met our needs. So finally, he blesses it, breaks it, and then hands the pieces to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. <clears throat> Church, 20 years. I have enjoyed a Katrina who came. Now, she's a bold woman. Now, don't get it twisted. She, she, she's a fighter. She, she, she ain't no punk. She's a, she's, a, she's a bold woman. But didn't really like being in front of people like that. Kind of shy, a little bit nervous. But guess what? Guess what she just did just now? Stood in front of y'all and the Internet saying that I've been called by God to pray for the city. <laughs> Broke it and gave it to the disciples to do. Shanfania, who saw that there was a need for people who were in the adult entertainment industry in the city and region to be loved on, not judged, but prayed for, and decided to get some women and just go to these clubs, yes, strip clubs, and deliver Bibles and packages to them, to just tell them, you know what? There's some folk in this city that don't look down on you, but love you and are willing to pray for you. Broke it and gave it to the disciples to distribute. Any ministry that waits on the leader to be the only distributor is a ministry that has not understood kingdom principles. Kingdom principles gives away the ability to distribute the goods of God from just one person to many people. Here's the question. What is God saying to you that you are terrified of? 
What is God leading you to do that in the natural you're saying, I'm not equipped. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm still sinful. Can I tell you something about being sinful? Uh, your sin ain't gonna get better till it got a reason to not be sinful no more. Some of y'all, some of y'all like being sinful because there's no requirement on your life for you not to be sinful. When you step into things of God, it's harder to get to turn up and get drunk on some Hennessy the night before when you know you got to do something for God the next day. Are y'all following me? And so for some of y'all, God is calling you to say, you know, here's my little, take it and make much. The Bible says this is what happens. As he distributes it to the disciples, watch this now. Uh, the disciples gave them to the people. Five loaves, two fish, 5,000 men, and not including the women and the children. Some say the estimated numbers would be closer to about 18, 25,000 or something like that. Now you see the disciples taking what looked like a little and giving it to the people. Verse 20. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they all ate and were satisfied. That means when Jesus got a hold of the offering and Jesus got a hold of what they had and took it and thanked God for it and blessed it and broke it and then redistributed, something happened when it got in the hands of Jesus. When Jesus got a hold of it, what could only feed a few was now able to feed a multitude. When Jesus got a hold of the resources, when Jesus got a hold of what they had, they were able to do something supernatural. Not only were everybody satisfied, and everybody ate. Look what it says. And they picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. So not only did everybody eat and everybody be satisfied. Now listen, it didn't just say everybody ate because sometimes you can eat and not be satisfied. Have you ever been to a little uh, finger party with little finger foods? You'd be like, what a real food that I need? So, so, sometimes, so you can eat but not be satisfied. They ate and were satisfied. And not only were they satisfied, the Bible says that they there were 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over from all of the thousands of people that were satisfied. Don't tell me that God cannot take a little and do much with a little. In 20 years, we've always been able to keep the lights on. In 20 years, we've always been able to pay the bills. In 20 years, we've always been able to meet every need. Why? Not because we stood up with a scheme. Not because we stood up with a gimmick not because we had a fish fry and a fish dinner and some chicken dinners and some McDonald's stuff and some selling some M&M's. No, it's because we said, God, we're going to do what you told us to do. We're going to win the loss. We're going to preach the word. We're going to tell you what the word of God says. And guess what God has done? God says, if you do that, then I'll do my stuff. Get out of the way and watch me move, make some moves. I've seen God keep
kick doors open. I've seen God put us in rooms we didn't deserve to be in. And eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God is getting ready to still do through Faith Citadel Church. I don't know about you, but God ain't done yet. There's some folk that still need to be saved. There's some folk that still need to be delivered. There's some folk that still need to know about the goodness of God. Is there anybody here that believes that we just starting this thing? It ain't it. Come on, y'all. We... So the Bible says that those that ate were about 5,000 men, not including the women and the children. Well, in the two minutes I got left before we get ready to share in the Lord's Supper together, I just want to share with you two more verses that have blessed my life. Psalms 37, verse 25. Uh, it says... I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Uh, the psalmist says, I, I, got it. I learned some stuff. I was young, but now I'm old. And as an old man, I can tell you what I've never seen. I've never seen people that belong to God, the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God turn his back on people who call him Lord. But not only have I never seen the righteous forsaken, but there's something else he said. And I've never seen them have to worry about begging for bread. It don't mean that you're not hungry. It doesn't mean that you don't have need. It doesn't mean that hard times don't come. But it does mean this. God says, I'm going to make sure that your provisions are met. I'm going to make sure that you eat something. I'm going to make sure that you have a roof over your head some kind of way. He said, as old as I am, I've never seen this happen. The righteous have never been forsaken, nor the seed of the righteous begging for anything. Listen, y'all, I don't want any women in this church to feel like you're beholden to some man. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. This is off script, but there's some men that like to control relationships. Like, you got to do this for your DTE bill, and you got to do this for your AT&T bill. Let me tell you something. Listen, God is your source. Don't you let somebody abuse you. Don't you let somebody tell you that you can't make it unless they meet your need. They are not your God. They are not your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. He is your God. Is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about? God is the one who supplies your need. You're never begging for bread. You ain't begging nobody. That's why I ain't going to ever get up here and beg the church for nothing. Because can I tell y'all something? I know y'all think y'all meet the needs. You're a vehicle of many vehicles. If I had to depend on church folk, uh, <laughs> that would be a hard day. <laughs> because we fickle. But God is not. And if I had to be concerned about how you felt about stuff, then I wouldn't always preach the word. Because if you get mad, you might take your money. And I need your money. So I can't get you mad because I don't want your money to go. <laughs> you are not the source. God is the source. I've seen pastors literally become kind of like slaves 
to the richest person in the congregation who will have private meetings with the pastor. Pastor, I appreciate your ministry, but don't talk about that anymore because that's not a popular subject today. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to preach and what not to preach. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to say because God is our source. Never seen, never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Just one more scripture and then I'm, I'm done for real. This is my done done. Second Corinthians. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I'm reading from a message. Here it is. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds. I'm reading from the message. Giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out. They never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. Let me pause for a minute. He says he gives seed to the sower and bread to your, for your food. God will always give you seed that is intended to be planted and then bread that's intended to be eaten. But a lack of understanding what is seed and what is bread will have some of us eating our seed and then wondering why we never see a harvest. You cannot have a harvest unless there are seeds, but you cannot get seeds unless you decide to become a farmer. Listen, the joy about, listen, 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 listen. You ain't got to have a dime. Just say, God, I want to be a sower. I want to be a farmer. It says you ain't responsible for getting the seed. God gives seed to the sower. But he only gives seed when a sower shows up as a sower. You cannot receive supernatural seed when you have not showed up as a supernatural sower. Pastor, I'm on a fixed income. I ain't got no money. Good. What you mean good? God ain't concerned about what you got. He's concerned about what he wants to give to you. But he wants to make sure that when he gets ready to bless you, you're not going to eat up all the seed that he gives for you to sow by thinking that all the seed is bread. Have you ever gotten a check in the mail you didn't expect? You're like, ooh, thank you, Jesus, and there you go at Macy's. Come on, look at me like that. I, oh, I didn't expect this. Oh, somebody just cashed at me. Oh! There you go. I wonder, was that seed? that you decided to eat and not to sow. He said, I'll give seed to the sower and I'll give bread for your food. Be careful to not eat your seed. Mm. He goes on to say, and I, and I love this, this scripture, he gives you something you can then give away. 
which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. He says, people who decide to line up with the ministry of God and the plans of God and the purposes of God and the ways of God, he says, I'm going to make sure that you are so blessed that you are able to have fully formed lives full of generosity that blesses other people. Your cup runneth over. And not only is your cup full, but because your full cup is running over, folk are able to be blessed by your full cup that's running over. It says carrying out this, verse 12, carrying out this social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. Watch this now. You show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters and really towards everyone. You show your gratitude by your generosity. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by praying for you and passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. Bottom line, you all, he says that when God blesses you, it results in other people beginning to worship God. Because your life is what? It, it, it's, it's open-handed. Some of us say, you know what, I'm, I, I don't have it. Uh, and not just money, time, gifts. I don't have anything to give. I just got, look at what I've got. I got nothing but this, which is nothing. So therefore, I'm going to do this. Well, nothing can get out, but guess what? Nothing can come in. When you choose to live your life open-handed and give away the blessings of God, and so time and so love and so compassion and so generosity outside of yourself to the world around you, guess what happens? God receives it as praise and thanksgiving. In 20 years, I've learned that this church's ministry has always had its need met when we were doing things that the kingdom of God said we must support. And I just want to go on the record that in the future years of this ministry, whenever there is a dip in giving, a dip in offerings, a dip in money, stop talking about the money because the money follows ministry. Ask the question, what ministry are we providing to the world around us? And if we know we're doing that, we can be rest assured that God will always supply our need according to his riches and glory in and through Christ Jesus. Can we give God praise for that revelation? Is there anybody grateful for this truth today? Let me tell you something. This is not a offering sermon, but I do believe that there's some of you that are being led by God even in this moment to say, you know what, I want to be a sower. I've not been that. I've not been that kind of giver of my resources. I'm talking about money. I've not been that kind of giver of my time. In a few weeks, we're going to be having an opportunity for a ministry fair 
where all of the ministries of our church will be on display. We're doing it on a Sunday because I don't trust people to come after church and Saturday. I don't, I don't trust that. You know, I'll be back. No, you ain't coming back. So during church, we're going to have opportunities for you to meet ministries here and say, you know, okay, this is my spiritual gift. Uh, hospitality helps administration, faith. Where, where can my gift fit in this, in this church? And you have an opportunity to say, okay, this is where I think I can do what? Give my time. This is where I can take the little that I have and give that and pray that God would then bless that. So this is not just about money. This is not just about your time, but it's also about your obedience. Maybe there's something that God is calling you to. This week, and I'm, I'm ready to pray, this week I had an opportunity to pray and celebrate with a young man who for the past really almost a year and a half, if not more, has been in the midst of a crazy legal battle uh, to the point where, for the most part, it was guaranteed he was going to be in jail. I mean, guaranteed. I mean, to the point that he was like, <laughs> I think I'm going to jail. Found out a few days ago, they said, yeah, you're not going to jail. You're just going to be on probation. Now, it don't mean nothing to you until you about to go to jail and then somebody tell you you ain't got to go to jail. Listen, y'all, we talk about him being a lawyer in a courtroom. I'm looking at Rodney who had cancer a little while ago. Now Rodney looks better than all of us. Don't, don't tell me that God can't be a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom. Is there anybody here that has seen God show up in situations and in circumstances and do the impossible? I just want to raise the faith of God's people that I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're up against, but it's not bigger than God. He's still working miracles. He's still opening doors. He's still making a way. He's still healing the sick. He's still opening up eyes that have been closed. He's still opening up ears to hear him. He's still a miracle working God. If you know he's that, would you give him a praise that is fitting? That is fitting. That is fitting a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, we honor you and we bless you today and we thank you for your people. We thank you for the blessings that you've given us. We thank you for the reminders that provision, blessings don't come from the north and south. Promotions don't come that way. It comes from you. We look into the hills from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. And so God, I pray for people that are listening right now that are in the midst of some difficult times. Would you remind them, God, that you have never forsaken them? Would you remind them that they never have to worry about begging to have their needs met because you are a God that is able to meet every need. God, I don't know if there's somebody sick in their body. I don't know if there's somebody God's troubled in their mind. I don't know if there's somebody, Lord God, in trouble with the law. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, you are a mighty God and you're able to do miracles great and mighty. So God, would you move mountains? Would you open doors? Would you give wisdom? Would you heal bodies? Would you regulate minds? Would you snap somebody back to reality? Would you help us, God, be all that you've created and called us to be for those struggling with ministry and to obey you or not? 
today would you give her would you give him the conviction to say yes yes to your will and yes to your way his heads about and eyes are closed maybe you're listening you say pastor i don't know jesus i I wish I did. I don't really have a relationship with God. I don't know how to do that. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you can be a part of God's family. You can be a Christian. You can be saved. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.